Bill Wellness Experience, episode 15. Let's go. Bill Wellness Experience, episode 15. I got my guy, uh, Markels Jordan. He's a, a licensed mental health therapist out of uh, Dallas, Texas. So we're going to talk about mental health issues, plaguing the community and the stigma around it and stuff like that. So I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. What's up? Mark, what's good, man? I'm good. How are you, cousin? I'm good, man. Can't complain. You, you, uh, Are you in Texas or are you still traveling the world? <laughs> no, I'm in Dallas. I'm at home now. I'm back, okay, okay. back to the grind. Vacation is over. Yeah, man. Every time I get on social media, here you somewhere else. <laughs> Listen, I'm look, mental health, self care. You got to. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. got to. That's real. That's real. I um, before I always get started on these podcasts, I always uh want to throw in a little disclaimer at the beginning and say the views you know on this particular episode are between me and you and don't necessarily reflect your employer. So, um, you know, piggybacking off that, you know, I know a little bit about you. We got a, we got a little bit of history. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you, um, you know, tell the people a little bit about your background and, and, you know, how you got started in your, in your, in your field. Yeah. So I, uh, initially wanted to be a school teacher. So of course, like, you know, you know, I went to the university of central Arkansas, Conway, Arkansas. So, uh, my major was history. Uh, I wanted to be a school teacher. Uh, when I graduated, I took like the state, the state test, all that, but I really couldn't find a job. Like I went to some, some job fairs. I just couldn't find a job like in teaching. No one called me back. So I was like, you know what, this, you know, I, I need to work. So just let me go to work. Mm -hmm. And so after I got the bachelor's, did, I couldn't find a job. I ended up uh, just working at a homeless shelter. Uh, and so that was like my first experience, like working, working in social services, like, okay, start working in, working at the homeless shelter. Uh, and then started running across, running across individuals clearly who are experiencing homelessness, but you know they had mental health uh, conditions, they had substance use conditions, and so that just that just that just kind of intrigued me. So after about two years of working in a homeless shelter, I was like, you know what? A, I need more money, <laughs> and B, like I'm not really feeling, I'm not really being fulfilled. I need more, and so I was like, uh, let me go back to school. Like, what do I want to do? I wouldn't mind doing like counseling, counseling teenagers, doing something with mental health. So I ended up like looking up some pro some programs on Google in 2010, and I found a program and that accepted me. And from there, I kind of just took off. What 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 types of things were you doing at the at the homeless shelter? So I was like a uh, what, what they call a resident advocate. So I was I was taking taking uh, some of the uh, residents to work. I was making sure they had what they had what they need. I was coordinating coordinating with the case manager. Uh, a lot of them uh, were coming off substances or just like maybe just like just can't afford their rent no more. Uh, and of course, that makes you depressed, right? And so just just, yeah. just hearing their stories, working with them as an as a resident advocate, it wanted it made me want more and learn more. That's interesting, man, because I feel like. Um, the perception around homelessness in the United States is bad to the point that people think if you're homeless, that literally means you don't do anything or you just right. sleep and you're lazy, but you're, right. you know, you've seen people that work, and, but they're still homeless. And it goes to show you like how a lot of things in this country is, is off a little bit. Yeah. I will, I will say most of my, most of my jobs have challenged, challenged, my, challenged me in my own like generalization or stereotype. Right. You know, okay. home, homelessness isn't just people under the bridge. Now, that's part of it, but that's not all of it, right? And so what I thought I knew about homelessness working there, it's like, oh, it's not what the TV shows show you. It's not what movies show you. Everyone, everyone who's homeless is not, is not uh, doing drugs. Some are, but that's not everybody. Some people literally can't pay their rent. They literally lost their job. So, and even if they are doing drugs, even if they are, uh, if they did something, quote unquote, to to put them in, put them in that position of homelessness, they still deserve grace. 
right? And so working there, it really challenged, challenged me in my own views of what I thought homelessness was and who I thought deserved uh, mm-hmm. grace. But, but before you started working there, were you kind of like apprehensive about going? Were you like, oh, I won't be around these homeless people. They might try to rob me or, you know, something well, like that. I, not really. Uh, I think, you know, I was initially nervous because I didn't really, I haven't never, never worked with homeless people just in general. So I don't think mm-hmm. I was really uh, scared. Now I will say working there, I ran across people with like, that, that was my first time run, running across people who had like severe substance use and mental and mental illness. Mm-hmm. I never really, really seen that like going to UCA. I just never, you know, clearly people are, were, were depressed and dealing with stuff, but you, I didn't see it in that type of lens. So yeah. that was my first time. Uh, I, I remember a guy, a guy living there who was psychotic. I ain't never been around no psychotic person before, <laughs> you know? And so it was really preparing me. Looking back, I didn't know it was preparing me, but it really was preparing me for what I'm doing now. But, you know, being around that scared me, right? So just dealing with some of that uh, was kind of nerve wracking. Um, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say I was scared of homeless people, no. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit to so you got your when did you get your degree, your your master's degree? Uh, 2014. That's when I finished. Yeah. And, and did you start working um, immediately after? Yeah. So while I was going to while I was going to school, I was working for an HIV AIDS organization here in Dallas. So I was working in sexual health, sexual education while going to school. Right when I graduated, the organization had just got some funding from the state on incorporating mental health, HIV, AIDS, and substance use, all, all the intersections of that. So I was I was blessed enough. A lot of people graduate from their masters and can't find work. Mm-hmm. I literally just stayed on the company I was at. I just switched roles. So for five years, six years straight, I worked with individuals who were HIV uh, positive. Uh, they had some type of mental health condition and or substance use. So to put it in, to put it in a picture, they were HIV positive, they had bipolar, and they were smoking meth every day. And so imagine all those three things intersecting. It's a lot. And so I did therapy. I did crisis intervention. So I did that up until 2014 to 2019, so five years. Okay. Yeah. And, and what, what type of uh, clients do you see now? Do you have like a general type or is a specific type of client that you that you see now? So. I, so I got I got like three hustles. <laughs> so uh, I work a lot. So I see everything. I see psychotic from the extreme stuff, like hearing voices, seeing, having visual hallucinations, seeing things. Uh, you know, Jesus Jesus is Santa Claus, and he 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 visited me last night. That like that type of delusional thinking, yeah. all the way all the way to like I'm just depressed because I broke up with a girlfriend or boyfriend, or I'm just depressed because my self-esteem is low and I feel like no one loves me. So I'm dealing with depression. So everything from extreme psychosis all the way to all the way down to like everyday life stuff. Like I need better self-esteem. I'm dealing with anger issues, uh, stuff that we all can relate on some level to. So mm-hmm. I see it all across the board. Okay. What, um, obviously you've been working in the field for a while. Like what's something that the, the public like still gets wrong about like mental health and, uh, you know, pe- people dealing with, with mental health issues. Yep. I think that mental health, people forget or don't know, I should say, that mental health is a spectrum. It's a it's a state of being that we all live in. It's not, because when, when you hear, when people hear mental health, they think mental illness, I have a diagnosis, I'm not, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. No, mental health is a state of being, just like physical health. It's mm-hmm. a spectrum. We all, what do we do yearly? Most some of us, most of us do. We do, we do a yearly physical, right? We yeah. we're trying we're trying to see where we are on the spectrum. How's my how's my blood pressure? Uh, blood pressure, excuse me. How's my sugar levels? How's how's my cholesterol? I'm trying. I'm checking that spectrum. Mental health is the same thing. We all have a state of being. We live in that. So to put it in context, context. So you have physical health, something that we all experience on the low end. We all get headaches. We yeah. all get, we all get the common cold. We all, we all, you know, get a runny nose, get allergies. That's on the spectrum of our physical health. That's the low end. Then you have conditions that need to be diagnosed on the physical spectrum, right? I have chronic high blood pressure. I can't get rid of. I have, I have cancer. 
I have, you know, HIV, AIDS, people that deal with that. I have some type of lupus. You know, those mm -hmm. are conditions, asthma. Those are conditions that are diagnosed that's on that spectrum, on this end of the spectrum. So mental health is the same thing. So on the low end, we if you say you've never been never been depressed, you're lying. Yeah. We've all been sad. We've mm -hmm. all been we've all been hopeless. We've all maybe had money, money problems that made us feel less than. That's that's on the low end of mental health. Mm -hmm. Then you get to the other spectrum where like physical health. I have some conditions, some experiences going on that I need a formal diagnosis, right? Like I've been formally diagnosed by a doctor with major depression. I've been formally diagnosed with schizophrenia. I've been formally diagnosed with bipolar. Again, that's on this other end of spectrum of the spectrum. Now you are diagnosed with a mental health, well, excuse me, with mental, um, with a mental health condition or illness. That's a perfect breakdown. I've never heard it broken down like that. But that's uh, that's, can, can you um, can you sort of like diagnose those conditions? Yes. As a licensed therapist. Yes. Okay. Uh, there's something that. Uh, therapists, social workers, uh, psychiatrists and medical doctors, if they're diagnosing, it's called the it's called the, it's called the DSM, the Diagnostic uh, Statistical Manual. So that's something we go by. So we're not just like at, at the top of our head. like Oh, you got depression. No. <laughs> <laughs> like so you know there's a manual that we go by that says oh and it breaks it down it's been around for years and you know every few years it's upgraded to a different version but it's like oh if they've been depressed this many months if they're reporting these symptoms da 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 i can officially as a licensed person diagnose with xyz right i, I remember uh that 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 uh, reading about that in a couple of psychology classes when I was in college. I was yeah. a psych minor for like a minute and then, man, that shit was too hard. So I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't even know how to in the first place. Mm -hmm. But uh, so do you, and, and you may not even, um, you know, agree with this question at all, but why do you feel, why do you, <laughs> why do you feel like mental health issues in males, especially like us, black males are oftentimes like overlooked or, you know, just just plain ignored sometimes. Okay, so you know, I kind of wrote some stuff down just to just to break it down. And again, this is my just own personal opinion and reading and my experiences. So, think about like our history. You know, we were brought over slaves, right? And mm -hmm. you know, back then it was all about you know a lot of our ancestors were African African spirituals. You know, we get here, some of us you know converted to Christianity, and so you know, so we've gone through slavery. Clearly, that's all, nothing but PTSD, right? Well, back then, we were more worried. We were more concerned about our spiritual being versus mental health. And a lot of times, that's tied together. But back then, we, back then, we didn't have the language for that. And then, around like 1900, when they, when research in London and research in the United States, uh, they didn't have the word mental health uh, illness. They had it's called, it was called mental health hygiene. And so, when a lot of research started coming up. Back in 1900, but you know their research, their research was uh, more geared toward uh, Europeans or Caucasians. You yeah. know, in the 1900s, we had just barely gotten through slavery and was still being harassed and still. So again, this whole concept of mental health, like we we were too focused on on trying to spiritually maintain, trying to trying to trying to eat, trying to not get killed. You know, yeah, and so it's like it just wasn't in our community community to talk about mental health. And even in the like 1940s and 1950s, when you started having like the world, the WHO, the World Health Organization, and mm -hmm. some of these mental health organizations start popping up because they start doing all this research in the 50s and 60s. We have shit, black men and black women were fighting Jim Crow. You know, so when mm -hmm. have we ever had access uh, or, you know, being concerned about mental health? Mind you, our, our mental health uh was more about spiritual health right if i'm sad if i'm going through i'm going through going through jim crow what do we do we pray we sung we went to church right and so again we didn't have this concept of of mental health and so i think a our history didn't allow us to be be uh involved in mental health because we were, we were too worried about staying alive and getting justice right mm -hmm. uh now our second part is access right think about it certain communities black people black men don't have access to resources right because mental health is expensive oh, just yeah. like physical health right and so imagine living in a small town we live in 
ain't no mental health clinic around. Ain't no, you know, so a lot of times people don't have access. And if they do live in a um, city like a Dallas, like a Chicago, like a New, uh, New York, certain communities, if, really, if they're black and brown people, black men don't have access to mental health. Like there's no clinic, there's no outpatient clinic uh, in, in those areas. And if there are, they are, the wait time is like six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, because yeah, yeah. They're, the, they're the only clinic in that neighborhood that's providing like, you know, a sliding scale or, you know, free uh, or free services. Well, it's this long, this long line. Right. So, again, black black men aren't able to get access. So you have you have our history, you have access. Then you also have discrimination with providers. So you will hear a lot of people like I, I, a lot of people say, I tried to go to a psychiatrist or a doctor and say I was depressed, depressed, but it was ignored, right? It you know, as black people, as black men, providers, unless unless it's a black provider yeah. uh, or a black counselor, they don't they don't uh, understand me or they brush me off, right? Uh, or if I'm going, if I'm sitting in a if I'm sitting in a therapy session and I'm a, and I'm a black man with a uh, white person or, or just a different a different race of therapist, they don't understand where I'm coming from as a black man. So either either so they don't understand, they don't try to understand, or they brush me off, right? So there's so there's discrimination within certain practices. And the last one is stigma. Like I'm a man. Like what like I can I can I can keep going. I you know the black man has the black man has 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 had to put up with a lot of things again from some from slavery to throwing to, to throwing us in jail for breathing wrong in, in the, you know in the 1900s you know this is a this is just a lot of generational trauma with black yeah. with, you know that the black man that, that the black man has gone through and so this the stigma of I got it I I don't I don't need to be vulnerable enough to share my feelings so you mm -hmm. get so there's this pressure from society stigma where it's like black men are supposed to be strong black men aren't aren't supposed to be quote unquote weak right mm -hmm. so you, you have that that type of you know our, that society pressure and then you have the family pressure like i'm busy you know like you know for instance your dad like i got a wife i got a kid i got shit going on yeah. i've got time to be focusing i'm good <laughs> i'm good you know you know it's like this this this, this family pressure uh, even if the even if the pressure isn't from the family, it's from it's you putting it on yourself. Like I got to keep going. I got a family. I got to keep pushing. I don't got time to cry about it, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the, the the stigma of the church, meaning like God will fix everything, right? God will provide. God will fix it. And yes, if that's what your belief is, there's nothing wrong with that. But mm -hmm. sometimes you need some expertise, right? Because if you had if you had diabetes and they said they're gonna cut your foot off, you would take you would take that insulin. Why yep. won't you go see a psychiatrist because you might have bipolar? Why won't you go see a see a family therapist because your marriage is on your the marriage is going through something, right? Mm -hmm. So I think all those things, you know, history, access, prejudice, stigma, it just keeps black men from getting services, uh, whether it's from the outside pressure or from our own internal ego of mm -hmm. I don't want to be vulnerable and sit on a sit on some sit, sit on somebody's couch and talk about yeah. my feelings. That's that's whack. Yeah, and I think I think TV is fed into that too. Because when you think mm -hmm. about therapy, that's that's the first thing you see is somebody sitting on a couch, and then like the therapist not even paying attention to them, like they pretending to write on a piece of paper. But right as with TV, you can never you know read that much into stuff on TV. Yeah. Um, it was interesting that you mentioned you know how society is. Sort of plague like the the black community with when it comes to things like physical health mental health do you feel like as a black man in this field you have sort of a an obligation to like help other people you know that is that, having issues with this yeah like i you know when i see as a therapist when i see black people i'm like you know my people right yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so when i have like black clients you know you know, black us as black people, you know, we have a lingo. We 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 get each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I'm always when I see a black person, you know, uh, I'm always trying to speak the lingo, trying to trying to educate them on, like you said, that spectrum. Like mm -hmm. the the number like the number one thing I hear across these years is I ain't taking that message. I ain't crazy. 
like again that stigma of if i need help yep. i'm crazy and i always have to explain like it's not like the tv shows you right mm -hmm. that's tv that's entertainment you're not foaming at the mouth you're not scratching under your arms like you're going crazy you know going crazy on, like on tv if you mm -hmm. take the, if you take some medicine so yes yeah, so i feel like i have a responsibility and i and i enjoy it. i enjoy it like when i have black clients or even in the community if there's a black or a black organization saying hey come do come come be part of our panel i'm like hell yeah you know just because i feel like there's not a lot of black male therapists in general uh and so i feel like it's very rare that you see us because to every 20 to every 20 black female therapists you might have three or four male black male therapists so uh i take pride in that in, ed in educating black people one-on-one or even if it's something like this clearly i know more than black people watch your watch your thing but even if it's something like this or being a part of a panel i feel like it's important to kind of say go get help let me i help you find the resources here's a list of here's a list here's a list of youtube videos mm -hmm. Do, do you do a lot of work like that in the community, like going to going on panels and going speaking to like schools and stuff like that? Yeah, I did. I do a lot of uh, like during COVID, and I know we're talking about COVID later, but during COVID, um, since everything was uh, virtual, I did a lot of uh, workshops through Zoom, being a part part of a lot of panels on how to manage anxiety uh, in the community uh, before COVID. Yes, I I did a lot of in person like workshops. I remember doing like a educational thing about sexual health for a church uh that's why i'm, I'm grateful for my background because i can talk about sexual health i can talk about mental health i can talk about so i've done things for, with churches i've done things with just with different uh organizations on uh in the community uh educating them on mental health on depression and stuff like that you know one thing i always appreciated about you uh you know, not just because we cousins and we used to whoop ass <laughs> in basketball or whatever. You know, you, you, you always like, e even if it's something not popular, you don't mind speaking out about mm -hmm. issues. Like, for example, like Arkansas has been trying to, you know, roll back healthcare on like trans youth and LGBTQ and, and, and you know, stuff like that is just to, for somebody just to do something like that just blows, like mm -hmm. blows my mind. Do, do people like in the community like look to you? For like advice when, when when stuff like because I don't know how the laws are in Texas because you know obviously I'm not I'm not in Texas but do, do people like in, in, like come to you when do you find people who are depressed and come and look at you as sort of like a, a beacon of hope sort of say yeah they do and I would try to tell people like listen like because of ethical reasons I'm not your counselor <laughs> right yeah. but I try to lead them yes yeah. so people people will inbox me and say hey I'm looking for a black therapist I don't know where to go. So I like here, here's some resources. I do that all the time. Especially if they if they live in the DFW area. Here's some black therapists. Uh, if they're like, hey, I want to know more about, you know, anger issues. I know a website you can go to. If I don't have the answer, I'm like, hold up, I got a lot of I got a lot of therapist friends. Let me yeah. go to this, let me go to this Facebook group real quick and get and get you the answers. Uh so yeah, people always in, are always inboxing me and ask asking me about resources. One thing that's great about a city like Dallas that they have a lot of resources if you don't have insurance, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people who are like, "Hey, I think my, I think my sister need me needs medicine, but I don't know where, you know, I don't know, I don't know where she can go." Basically, I'm like, "Listen, here in Dallas, you can go da 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 da, and you don't have to have insurance." So I love being able to give people those resources, give people uh, even advice. Like if I, you know, this is what I think about it. Uh, and and helping them out, yeah. Does the insurance with with stuff like that work similar to like health insurance? Is that because I know mental health is 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 getting better, but as you know, it's still sort of like people don't know about it. So does insurance so, sort of like work the same way? Yeah, I think, and just like just like physical like medical insurance, it's about the package you choose, right? Okay. Like, you know, you know, like when you when you get a job, it's like with this package, you get, you know, we pay for eighty percent of this and seventy percent of this. And mental mm -hmm. health is this and so a lot of times people and i and i have I've done it too we look more to okay medical vision dental we never even ask questions about well let me ask hr about about mental health about yeah. office yeah. visits to the psychiatrist or counselor or if i have to go inpatient meaning if if something's going on where i have to be admitted into a mental health facility 
uh, that's like going to that's like being admitted to like a, a regular hospital. How much do y'all pay for for behavioral health stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, because sometimes that fall that that, that falls a, a little bit under medical, but a lot of times we don't ask those questions. You know, yeah. it's about it's about medical, dental, <laughs> vision, my yeah. my four hundred one k, and people tend to forget, especially if they're especially if they're not dealing with ongoing mental health challenges. We're like. I've been to a therapist plenty of times before, so I know I, I need to ask about this. If they're not mm-hmm. thinking that, a lot of times they don't think to ask until they end up going and like, oh, my plan sucks when it comes to behavioral <laughs> health, right? And so, it's, so I think it's good to start asking when you are choosing, like choosing your plan every year if you with the same company and you it's time to you to re-enroll or if it's a new job, like look into like you know, uh, what does this plan look like if I if I have to use behavioral health services? Yeah, one thing I liked about my my last employer was like they had partnered with some I forgot the name of the company, but mm. you can get up to like uh, six free sessions, mm. and then after that you had to you know obviously pay for it. But I mean they gave you six free sessions; you just had to call a number, and mm-hmm. you could either do it you know in person or you know virtually. So that mm-hmm. was that was pretty cool, and that's something that you know a lot of people uh, you know seem to take advantage of. Do you um so as a society do, do you feel like we're getting better? And sort of identifying like uh, me- mental health conditions. Yeah, I think like look look at like the last twenty years, right? The last twenty years we've had MySpace and Facebook and and Facebook from o- Facebook from '04 to now seventeen years later. Look how much improvement you have. All yep. type of Facebook group, like you can find a Facebook group for anything. Oh, in this group we talk about we talk about knitting. You know, it's like it's a it's yep. a group for everything. So I think because of access to social media you have like right now like on instagram i follow a ton of like mental health pages from like mental from mental health blogs you have pod, different podcasts that speak only about mental health it's mm-hmm. so much information like right now if you go to youtube and you type in self-esteem there's so many like videos from like psychologists and doctors and and advocates that's talking about self-esteem like mm-hmm. there's access to so much information versus 20, 30, 40 years ago. So I think it's we definitely have improved when it comes to getting information. Um, I think you have you see way more people, and, and especially people of color, like majoring and graduating uh, and becoming social workers and counselors and psychologists and and psychiatrists. So you, I, you know more people are majoring in that. More people are are focusing on that. So I think it's got like gotten way better in the last 20, 30 years. Uh, yeah, that's that's good. That's really good. Cause I mean, it's like you said. A lot of times, people were were scared to talk about, it, and, and a lot of it was the fear of like gossiping too. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, they're gonna go and tell you know this whole other group, and then you show up at the at church or at the grocery store, and be like, "Oh, there goes such and such. They mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're they're crazy. Right. They got this going on." Right. I think now because of social media, because of all this. And because of, like, be honest, let's be honest, a lot of celebrities have talked about it. We know yeah. celebrities have influence. And so you have a lot of people over the years who've talked about getting help, who've talked about, you know, they maybe they try to hurt themselves. And mm-hmm. and so you have all this influence uh, that people are now being more open about it. And more people, you know, now you're not looked at as, oh, you're crazy. It's like, oh, they got, they got something going on. Good for them for getting help. So I think it's getting better. I think you know, as long as we keep pushing the conversations, keep educating, I think it'll continue. You know, I think no matter what, you're always gonna have stigma. You're always gonna you're always gonna have people who feel like in different, very different cultures feel like mental health is, it doesn't exist, and I don't think that's ever gonna go away. But I think over the years we've gotten way better, especially I can say here in the United States. Yeah, and and, and you know, back a few years ago, like if you did, you know, speak out, you would almost get bullied. And right. but, but now, like, if you speak out and tell people when somebody does try to bully you, other people will comfort them. Like, hey, yeah. you know what they're going through, you know, kind of like with the uh, the tennis player. What's her name? Uh, Naomi Osaka. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I need to take a break. And, but you know, let's, let's, let's hit on that real quick. Back to, like, the black males, but black people, they don't want to believe us. If that was mm-hmm. a white, if that was a white Caucasian tennis player, she would have got yeah. off, she or he would have got so much empathy and I, and I know we, that's, a, that's a that's a road i want to go go down that hole but it's true it's yeah. like her being 
a person of color. She's black. She's a black woman, and she's half with a Japanese. I forgot. She's half Asian. Yeah, yeah. It's like all this ridicule, ridicule. Now she's speaking up, saying, "I'm taking a break. I'm sitting out of some of these these uh, tournaments because of this." Mm-hmm. Oh, but if it's a white person, it means oh, good for you. You got great courage. It's yep. like you you want to bash her for the most part. Of course, the media. The media is a different story. But mm-hmm. if she, but if she had committed suicide, then like, oh my gosh, I can't believe. Well, yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah. She's trying to do some. She's trying to do some preventative stuff and take time out. Uh, and but yeah, more like I said, more people are are speaking up like her and people and a lot of people I saw like celebrities and you know black celebrities that were coming to her defense. Like, good job. Like, mm-hmm. forget the money. Forget like because if, if if something's wrong, if because if, if you get hurt, the money won't matter no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because because that's something that it really sort of like it's it kind of pisses me off in a way because you you'll see and, and I posted about this on Facebook the other day and I was specifically talking about me and I was saying you know people pretend they care about mental health but most of the time is when it's convenient or when it's too late you know they they'll ignore all these signs but then when someone commits suicide then it's like oh I should have been there or I should have done such and such and all the signs were there but you chose not to. You know, not to help. Not saying a lot of you know people intentionally do that, but you know, a lot of people just, especially with a, with a case like Naomi, like she's rich, so people are like, oh, she's you know, her money, money, her money is, you know, that, that makes up for it. It's, it's no yeah. big deal. Yeah, and like you said, and like I think just from, of course, clearly, we I don't know her, but from her, uh, from her, um, from when, from what she said, her press thing was like, I've always dealt with anxiety. Money mm-hmm. can't fix that shit. Exactly. exactly. Now, money, money can get her access to help, but it, but money doesn't make the anxiety go away. Yeah, and I yeah. think more and more people realize money doesn't make the depression go away. Like you know, mm-hmm. it might make you happy in the in that moment. Like, oh, I went out and I went, I went to a, I went on a vacation real quick because I have money. It made me feel better in the moment. But if I'm dealing with some serious depression, mm-hmm. money money doesn't make that go away. Just like yeah. money doesn't make diabetes go away. You have exactly. to do something about it. And, and plus, I've seen like, you know, on social media and stuff, she she gets attacked a lot of times from the black community because they say she does more for like the Japanese community than she does the black. I, I remember I forgot who it was went on uh, the Breakfast Club talking about she didn't do this for, you know, the black community. But then she was building like a school for girls in Haiti to to, to learn how to play right. tennis. Like who the hell else? Right. Is you know, right? Because I don't got the money to do it. Shit. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, me yeah. neither. Trying to get there though. Yeah. So I, I think people just like again, people, and sometimes again, we don't go down the rabbit hole. But sometimes it, it be it, it be your own people sometimes as well, right? But hey, it's man, like you don't mind going down that rabbit hole. Let's go. <laughs> you know, it's like we have to support. You know, if our black sister is saying, "I have anxiety." I have this. Who cares in that moment if she's building schools or she's helping her Japanese sisters and brothers more than her black people? Mm-hmm. Just, we should focus on her getting help. Yep. That's a that's a different conversation, mm-hmm. right? Let's focus on her getting help, right? If then again, you want to critique what she's doing with her own money, but that's another that's another story. Like yeah. that's her. She done work. She done trained for years. And she didn't went through all this to make her millions, but I got a critique that she doing stuff for her Japanese. And yep. you know what I'm saying? Like, let's at this point, her mental health is important. Her yep. being well, it has like I don't care nothing about what she what she doing for this or that. I want her to be well because she's my black sister, right? Yep. And so it's like sometimes we just lose focus on what's important in the moment. If you want to critique her about that, let's do that later. Mm-hmm. Why bring that up now when we having the conversation about mental health? Nothing yep. else should matter about only that. And you know, a lot of times when people look at like athletes and entertainers, they don't they don't realize that they're real people. So like right. if you play tennis, like people want you only to play tennis just for your entertainment, but you don't care about their, you know, what anything else they got going on, which is, is sad because you know, I tell people all the time, you know, when back when the whole like uh you know when Colin Kaepernick, you know, did the Nash, you know, kneel for the anthem and stuff, people was like, Well, I don't want politics in, you know. In, in my football, or whatever, and I was like, "Well, if you're a plumber, you have an you got a, an opinion about politics. What if somebody say, well, I want to hear your opinion? Go fix my sink.' Right? You know, you're pissed off. You know, these people have real issues just because they're athletes and entertainers. 
Right. I feel, and I feel like, you know, uh, the the actor was it twenty five, twenty some years ago that 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 uh, committed suicide, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, Robin Williams. Yeah, my mom was like, people forget like, my gifting is my gifting. Yeah. It has yeah. nothing to do with my mental health spectrum. Mm-hmm. Right. Like sometimes I could be the most gifted. I could have been presented with the most greatest opportunities, but still be lonely. You uh like Michelle like Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. Like she just came out, she she been promoting her book for the last five months and it finally came out in May. And she okay. talked about she she uh she talked about that and how you know back in like you know in the mid like two thousand and uh four or five when she was going through that her depression, it's like you are you were some you was just some girl no one knew in Chicago. Now you stand beside Beyonce and you're making millions. What the you mean you depressed? That yeah. has nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some some stuff is chronic. Some some stuff is just chronic. Like I just wake up fucking depressed. It has nothing to do. My kids are healthy. My wife is blessed. This is it has nothing to do with stuff. Mm-hmm. Something mentally is going on. Why I need to see somebody? So like you said, like. You know, people like uh, Robin and uh, Robin Williams. People like uh, Michelle Williams. That's like, I mean, Beyonce. Beyonce, your best friend. You, yeah. like, you, 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 you eat lunch with Jay Z. Them. What you mean you depressed? <laughs> what that got to do with anything? I got all these Grammys, and I, and I still want to hurt myself. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like she was talking about that. So I think people forget. Let's put human first. Money and gifts and talent. All those are great. Clearly, we all want money. We all want want to be gifted in something. Those those things have a place, but if I'm not mentally well, those don't mean shit. Exactly. Right. So speaking of something is you know is playing a lot of people's mental health, good old pandemic, COVID nineteen. <laughs> right. I don't think we, we we got another surge here in Arkansas. I don't know if we're ever gonna get rid of this, but so how, how has that affected you personally, and also uh, you know some of your clients that you see you know on a, on a you know pretty consistent basis. No, you know, just like I, I might have education in a gifting to to be a therapist, but again, well, I'm human. And I remember, like last last year, I was working for a college university, and they sent us home. I remember last March, and I was like, I think about, it, I can't believe it's been over like 16, 17 months ago. It was like just being super nervous. Of course, it was like immediately shelter in place in Dallas, and nothing was open. And the hot, like, if you got up in the morning to go to uh, Walmart. The hallways were empty. It's like the fucking plague. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. it was like stuff that you see out of a movie, right? And I remember just being like everybody else, being uh, being nervous, having my own anxiety. It's like every time I'm in Walmart, I'm just like, hopefully no droplets, no droplets get through my mask. You know, you like I, I dealt with my own anxiety, my own fear, right? This this whole fear based of uh, of being catch, being sick and like sometimes in the middle of the night like okay am i am i breathing like my chest hurt do i yeah. got something <laughs> like okay it's it's my april just allergies right but still mm-hmm. like dealing with my own mental stuff and my own fear it's, it's still having to be a therapist so i'm still having to like clock in at the university you know now we're working from home i think i'm still doing therapy and still making sure that i'm okay mentally mm-hmm. uh so you know it was a challenge and then of course my my, my patients uh dealing with the same stuff you know some of them had some of them had severe anxiety. Like, I don't want to leave my house. Period. I get my groceries delivered. You know, thank God for technology, right? I get yeah, my groceries yeah. delivered. Uh, and then when the world kind of opened up last summer and more last fall, people really had fear about like going to family, going hanging out to like on family Thanksgivings because they hear you know all these stories on the news was like, oh, folks went home for Thanksgiving, they came they came back and had COVID. So people are like patients, and people are really scared to to go back to work and go back to, go back to deal with family. So there's a lot of fear, mm-hmm. uh, anxiety, and then depression. A lot of people lost their jobs. Yeah, right. Yeah. A lot of people lost their jobs. So uh, you know, now I'm dealing with like now I don't have any money, or you know, they my job furloughed me. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a lot of people just across the world just went through went through a lot of shit last year. Yeah. And, continue, and, and continue to deal with anxiety because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it was wild, man. Cause I, I like right around the time I left, you know, children's to go do my own business. That's like right when everything like shut down. Right. Like those first couple months, man. I, I, you know, I'm not really a, a people person. 
So I was chilling, man. Like those first. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, this, this is great. What is it? That, that's around the time, you know, those first stimulus checks came out. <laughs> uh, Tiger King was on Netflix. Right. <laughs> you know, my wife was at home. Charlie was like, it, it was fun. Then around like the summertime, I was like, man, this shit is real. Like, I don't know if right. it's you know, because I was thinking, you know, maybe a month or two, you know, right. it'll be, we'll figure it out. But then, I mean, you look, like you said, 17 months later, we're still, still in it. Yeah, now, a, lot of people, a lot of people I know got addicted to the news, right? Because I know, like when, when, like when I would watch CNN, CNN would have on the TV the amount of death that day. So it would it would go from like a hundred thousand in the beginning to like two hundred thousand. Of course, that brings fear because I'm constantly watching mm-hmm. the news. So I was I was having to try to teach patients and teach or just people or talk to people I know. Like you have to limit some of that. Like you know what? Clearly, you need to be informed. I'm only gonna watch the news 30 minutes in the morning, yep. 30 minutes at night. So you keep that in because basically when you're working from home, you keep that CNN or whatever as you know white noise, background noise, and you always mm-hmm. looking up, always looking up, seeing the deaths, the deaths, and deaths, and deaths. It's like that is not good for for your for your psyche. Yeah, uh, and a lot of people dealt with not just fear and anxiety, and depression, but relationship stuff. Like I'm at home with my spouse, with my partner all day i'm at home with my kids all day and like i had a, i had a person tell me i need a break for my kid like i love my kid but I, we need a break mm-hmm. like like just because you're a parent you are human first and you're not some super person where my kid never gets on my nerves or my no yeah, no yeah. that's real life and now i'm at home with my husband with my wife and my kids all day and so a lot of people had to go to therapy or do something like something to kind of people got divorced yeah that's which true. blew my mind man like you you didn't you didn't you didn't know your spouse <laughs> <laughs> like yeah I, I i can deal with you for four hours a day but not 18 hours yeah yeah, yeah. that was wild man like i said we're, we're still like cases are steady you know rising here in arkansas i don't know texas y'all never did y'all act like nothing happened down there right like my, like my best friend my, like my best friend's best friend says like we just we still like now that it's open, it's like there's no turning back. But yeah, even like last summer, even when there was shelter in place, people mm-hmm. still, you know, wouldn't wear a mask, and people still going to house parties. It's yeah. like, oh, we can quarantine, quarantine me at your damn house, not at, <laughs> not at a house party with fifty people. <laughs> but you know, did, did you get vaccine? Oh hell yeah, yeah. Did, did, did you have any side effects? Uh, luckily I didn't. A lot of my coworkers had like a little fever. A lot of my friends did like a twenty, like a twelve-hour thing. Man, but, I, that second one got me. Yeah, most people like it was the second yeah. one. Yeah, the second one got me. I got it on like a Tuesday, and on that Wednesday, I was like, I was pretty sick. By Thursday, I was fine, you know, but because we were leaving and going to the beach like that on that Friday, so I was trying to, you know, hopefully my sickness went away before I went to the beach, and you know, thankfully it did. Yeah, I did. I just feel like you know. To each his own, whatever you want to believe, you believe. But I feel like, like some of the stories I've heard, some of the stories I've seen, you know, people in our own, people in our own family that was mm-hmm. positive. You know, my mom and brother had COVID. You know, it's like, uh, I'm not. If I could prevent it, because I don't got all the other vaccines all my life, I ain't trying to be on a ventilator. That ain't that right. ain't that not in no 37. I'm not. I ain't trying to be on one period. But you know, not when I can do something about it. And then plus my job, like I work, I work around clients. Uh, and I want to start living like if I want to go on vacation, I want to be able like okay, I'm protected at least ninety five percent, right? I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm good. And so I, you know, personally, I did. I just I don't got time to be because like my brother, my brother got it. My mom got it. They had all the symptoms. They had the diarrhea. The, and like my like like the uh, my homeboy, he couldn't like literally. He felt like okay, this is it. Like yeah. his, his like his pneumonia. His breathing was so bad. Uh-uh. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Get like, like, I like give give me the shot. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's crazy, man. It, and, it's... and personally, it has helped my mental health. Like, I feel like you know, if I run into smooth, if I run into a smooth to a smoothie place without a mask, I'm not like <gasps> like I feel like I'm vaccinated. I can run in here real quick. Mm-hmm. I can I can I can go to CVS. CVS don't have a whole bunch of people like a Walmart. I can go to CVS real quick without a mask. It it has gave me a such a such a peace. And my anxiety levels way that it versus versus uh, cause I got mine in January uh, versus mm-hmm. last year when 
I was so nervous all the time, especially if I had to go somewhere. Yeah, I just like for real up until about like last August, I didn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. like, I, I was I was at home. Like a lot of people say they were at home, but I was like home for real. Like I didn't I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> like I went I went to uh, I went you know to Locksburg to see my folks last you know last August for the first time like that whole year. They were like, man, we didn't think you was ever gonna get out. I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> like, like I'll go out to a grocery store, maybe to a doctor's appointment, something I just have to yeah. go through. Like if my baby needs something, my wife needs something, but just be going just to kick it. I kick it with y'all. I, I, we, we done did enough kicking pre-COVID. Exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll see y'all again. And then every time I went, like after that, they would always say, hey, uh, you might want to go get tested. Such and such got COVID. I'm like, what the hell? Right, right. It was there, so casual, too. I'm like that, right. that's you you said the beginning of a phone call. That ain't nothing you oh yeah, at the end of the call. Oh yeah, before we get off a uh, such and such had COVID. I'm like, whoa, whoa. And that was and that was the, the like the, the mental health, the anxiety part, because once I started going back to work a little bit last fall, like and just before the vaccines, like I would go to work my like my part-time job, I go to hospitals, you know, mask on, have my little face shield, all that, go see patients. And like two days later, the, the the front office would call me like, oh, that patient that you saw, even though you wore the mask and face shield, FYI, when you left, they did a COVID test and they were positive. So now I'm nervous for the next next 10 days until my results come back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like doing doing that every, like once a month, that shit is anxiety. Like, okay. Absolutely. Because you're like, here we go. I don't know how it's going to affect my body. Do I got it or not got it? So mm -hmm. thankfully, it always came back negative. But like, you're right. Like just getting that phone call like, oh. I know you. I know you were around this person. FYI, yeah. but like, like, damn. Yeah, yeah. And then you know your mind will play play crazy tricks on you too. Right. You, you will mess around and, and think <laughs> you got the worst of worst of everything. I remember when um, back last year when when Chadwick Boseman like passed away. Like that was crazy to me. You know him mm -hmm. dying of like you know because I mean we didn't even know he was sick. You know right. So, right. And like as soon as he died, and they said what he died from. Like all of a sudden my stomach started hurting. I'm like, oh man, is this you know, I need Bro. to go get it checked out. You know what I'm saying? Like your mind is crazy. Play tricks on you. It does, it does. And you have to you have to like I don't say like use some of those those coping skills. Like, okay, I'm being I'm being irrational. Mm -hmm. I it's all it's all just fear based. Let yep. me let me bring myself bring myself back down to rational level. Yep. So so what's something you want to do? Um in the future like what like if the markels jordan you know five ten years from now looks back at this interview like what, what's something you've hoped that, you, that you've accomplished okay first of all i want to say people who are listening if you hear something in the background they cutting grass outside that's that's the that's the downside of, of apartment living so if y'all hear something in the background i'm sorry I uh, okay i think if i got these headphones on no. uh but in the future i want to do I want, and I'm, I'm gonna put, I'm putting it out here in the atmosphere so I can not be lazy. Speaking into it. existence, man. Speaking yeah. into existence. I want to be, I want to do like consulting, like have my own consulting business. Uh, I don't want to do private practice. I never wanted to like do private <laughs> practice. That's so, that's a lot of work. Uh, I want to do because my 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 true passion is what I'm doing now. If I could do this, like if I could get my clientele up and have my own like business, and I could do like educational stuff like that. I could do this without sweating. It's fun for me. Uh, if I could, you know, so that's my my dream. Like in the next five, six years, if I could have a consulting business, have a Facebook page, do some consulting, have a name, and and do like nothing. It's what we call psycho psycho education in the mental health world. Like educating people about the psych, about mental health. Uh, doing whether it's like stuff like this one on one on podcasts, whether it's doing presentations for companies. Okay. Right, because a lot. What I found out over the years, a lot of companies are recognizing mental health and stress of a job. If I'm stressed at work, if I'm not, if my boss or my employer is not, is not uh, acknowledging stress, if they're not promoting self care of my job, you you get burnout. People, you get all this high turnover rate. So a lot of companies are bringing in professionals to do workshops and all that. So so if I could do stuff like that, go into churches, mm -hmm. uh, go into like YMCA during the summertime and talk to teenagers about suicide like that's my dream is doing consulting yeah that would be perfect especially for the for the job thing because jobs don't recognize you know i'm glad they're doing it more but a lot of times they're clueless when it comes to mental health right right what's going on you right you're the problem 
<laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, I'm burnt out from you, you know. But you can't say that to your boss, obviously, because you know, right. need need that check coming in. Right. Yeah. So, so, so I, yeah, a lot of a lot of jobs are starting to. I've seen them uh, here and there. They're starting to acknowledge that people need time off. Like, don't like. I feel like it's what I call violence, and not of course not physical violence, but the way the way you operate and handle me can be violent. Right. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you punish me for taking my own PTO. Yeah. 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 So, I got PTO and. The rules say, as long as I let you know in low two weeks in advance, whatever the rule is, mm -hmm. I let you know that, but you but you approve it, but you put more work on me on purpose. Yeah. It's yeah. like you're punishing me. Like, that's violence, right? And so I think that's when you abuse people and you think it's not abuse. Like, oh, it's just mm -hmm. it's part of the job. It just, it just works. No, you got mad because I took off. So now yep. you are, you know, so like I think companies start, start recognizing people. Like, like give, people, give people their PTO. That's it's, it's, it's to you. That's what it's for. I remember um, I was at this place and um, my son was sick and I, you know, he, he had been sick. You know, when kids are, you know, little, little, they get, you know, they get anything. And, you know, first time parents, you take them to the doctor and whatever. Right. So, you know, I took him to the doctor like the week before, but we had to go again like that next week. And my boss wasn't going to let me off to take my son to work. I'm like, that's my son. Right, right. And she was saying, you know, like, oh, well, we need you here to do such and such. I'm like, I don't care. Fire me. Go explain to whoever that you're going to fire me because I took my son to work. I want to be in the room for that conversation. You know what I'm saying? Right. Needless to say, I took him, you know. But yeah, like stuff, small stuff like that. Like you said, that's a that's abusive to tell somebody, right. no, you can take your kid to work because I need you here to do something that's probably can be done any other time if we're being honest about it. Right. I think and and I think, you know, luckily I've had good companies over the years who who really like honor, like taking off and honor. Like, you know, I can't help that I don't feel good or I luckily I've had companies, maybe because I work in mental health, but uh, I've had companies tell me like I would say, you know what? I need a day. I need a mental. I need a mental health day. I, yep. This job is too much this week. It's been a crazy week. I just need tomorrow. OK, mm -hmm. well, we'll, we'll, we'll see you next day. You know, and I, and I know I, I know everybody don't got a job like that, but I feel like when you, like you said, when you're a boss, when you act like I can't take off because my kid's sick, mm -hmm. your, your response would be like, okay, take care of your son, come in later, or we'll see you tomorrow. That should be the only response. Yep. You know, versus you giving me a hard time. To me, that's abusive. Mm -hmm. And so that's I think- I'm, I'm a big advocate for these, for the four day work week. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> work, work, work your ass off those four days, but those other three ain't. Do what you got to do. You know, I'm, right. I'm, I hope more companies, you know, go to that. So how can uh, how can people, you know, listen to this? How can they get in touch with you if they have more questions about what you know want to want to want to get in touch with you? Yeah. So I always tell people, uh, you can just always follow uh, my Instagram, uh, and you can inbox me. My Instagram is uh, Uncle Marky one two three. Again, uh, Uncle Marky one two three. And, and if you're not a, and if you're not a patient of mine, I I will accept you. Uh, I will tell people another thing is, and I want to say this say before we go. Start somewhere. I know if you've never been to therapy and you have these concerns, or even if you had a bad experience with therapy before, it's mm -hmm. scary, right? The thought that okay, I know I kind of been dealing with like intense mood swings. I might have bipolar. I don't want to diagnose myself, but something's not right. But I'm scared to take medicine. I'm scared that if, if I take that medicine, what that would mean that I'm crazy and I don't want to. I know that it all can be overwhelming, right? But start somewhere. If yeah. you don't want to do therapy right now, if you don't want to do, okay, you know what? I'm going to at least watch a YouTube video every day on how to manage my emotions. Yeah. YouTube has all type of videos from, like, again, from counselor psychologists. All this type of like psychoeducation is online. I'm gonna at least do that. This gonna be part of my meditation every day for 20 minutes. I'm gonna watch some type of podcast video about depression, just to start somewhere. Uh, you know, from that, grow from that. After that, you know, you know what? I think I might be, you know, if I have the insurance, if I live somewhere where they have access to something that's that's not expensive, 
I'm a child therapy after I do like the videos and psychoeducation. If you go, if you go to Google, I me mean, sorry, if you go to Amazon right now and type in how to how to beat depression or depression, there's a hundred books, thousands of books on how to do yeah. this, how, how to deal with depression while you're being, while you're while you're a parent. Like there's all types of stuff now. So there's really no excuse. So just start somewhere. Start there. Then build yourself up to let me go to a therapist. Let me go maybe to a psychiatrist to talk about maybe I need medicine, maybe I don't. Let's let me go get an evaluation. But start somewhere. Uh, and the only time you don't start right here is if you're thinking about killing yourself. At that point, don't read a book. Don't. You need to call and get help, whether it's, hey, call a friend so that friend can take you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Call, uh, you know, if you Google, if you Google suicide crisis, suicide hotlines in your area or the national suicide crisis line, if you mm-hmm. Google that, the number will pop up. I will say, if you feel comfortable, 911 is supposed to help you, but we know black people in 911. So I always say, if you feel comfortable, because again, more than black people watch your podcast, I know that. Mm-hmm. So if you, but some people don't feel comfortable with the police and mental health anyway, but if you're a person of color and you're watching this, if you feel comfortable, you can call 911 and explain what's going on. If you don't, again, Call a friend and say, "Hey, I think I, need, I might need to go to a mental health uh, facility." Or call like the suicide hotline. Yeah, but, call, call, call that hotline. Call yeah, that. <laughs> but yeah, besides suicide or you know, a homicide. Think about hurting yourself, killing other people, uh, having intense hearing voices. You know, psychosis. Besides mm-hmm. that, depression, anger, all that, uh, mood swings. Start somewhere if you feel like therapy is too much for me right now. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, so are you? Uh, I remember a while back you said you were uh, thinking about working on your PhD. Is that something that's still on the table, or maybe when I when I started, I did one semester, but I had three jobs because I was trying to get my all my intern hours. I just couldn't do it all, mm-hmm. and so I, I think about it. And then some days I'd be like, I ain't trying to I ain't trying to write another damn paper. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> well, what, like what, getting your PhD. What would that allow you to do that you can't do now? Uh, you would teach. Teach at the college mm-hmm. level. Uh, this is what I tell. This is what I had to learn. I had a friend, and he, he he didn't do it on purpose, but he had a PhD in engineering. And you know, it's not that black, many black men have PhDs. You should get it. And this is what I learned: don't get something just because. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. needs to be because I did one semester, borrowed five thousand dollars worth of loan, now and I had to pay that back. Yeah. And I didn't finish, I, and I really did it because he was. I ain't gonna say I was peer pressure because I'm grown, but I was influenced. I was a uh, grown ass man being peer pressure. <laughs> I was influenced. Like, okay, I, I guess I get one, and it wasn't really a passion. Mm-hmm. Now I'm 37. In a few years, I feel like I feel like you know what? I think it might advance my career. Let me go on back. That's different. And so right now, right now I don't have a passion for it. I think I'm doing everything, everything that I want to do with having the masters and the license. If it, if, it, if, it, if, if I ever feel like, okay, I hit, this, I hit this block in my career where like, this would really throw me out there into a different, you know, then I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that, that sounds good, man. That, that, that peer pressure, man, you know, yeah, don't, don't, yeah. don't let it get to you, man. But I appreciate you joining me, man. It's been a no while problem. since we talked, man. So I know, I think, because of COVID, you know, you live in, in, uh, live in, in Central Arkansas, I ain't seen you. Seen you. Probably pre-COVID, probably in person. Probably at my wedding. That was in you know, 2017. You know, and that no, no, we had a family reunion in 18. I mean, I saw you in 2018. We had a family reunion. We, Man, I don't, we even, I don't even remember the family reunion. Yeah, we, we just didn't have it in 2020, of course. But yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. probably was the last time I saw okay saw you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's no. Yeah. Yeah, but man, when when this when you know this stuff get under control, man, we got to get together and get some have some drinks, man. I'll, I'm ready. You being a you being a mental health advocate, you may take take drinking off your plate. You don't drink no more. Do At, everything in in modification. <laughs> 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 like long they know it's inside joke. Long they know gin. I can hey, do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm more of a wine. You know, I'm I'm red wine. That's what I pretty much drink now. Red wine and whiskey. Uh, I can't do no brown. That stuff, you know, you you take you don't try to overdo it. You know? Yeah, yeah, wine and friendly whiskey. You just need a, you just need you, you yeah. do it for the chill, a little you taste. Yeah, you respect that that 
wine and that hard alcohol. But I think the I think the older I've gotten, the whole like first of all my recovery time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so like at thirty seven, I'm maybe thirty eight. I ain't trying to every weekend be like, eh, nah. Yeah, yeah. I, I drink. I drink to have a. Uh, I drink to, to have a chill feeling, have a little buzz with friends, yeah. but all this like feeling sick and that. Nah, that ain't about. I ain't about w- that. Waking up, waking up with a hangover with a two year old that'll humble your ass. Real yeah, good. I can. I'll get a badge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, I appreciate you. Uh, you coming on, man? No and, problem. Yeah, let's get together soon. No problem. Thank you. I'm proud of you. You know, you a boss. I'm like, oh, he a boss now. So yeah, I'm. I'm proud yeah. of you. And I'm grateful. So anytime you want me to come back for something else, let me know. Oh, yeah. I'll hit you up. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get all this knowledge. <laughs> okay. All right. Appreciate it, sir. All right, man. Have a good weekend. All right. Have a good one. Yeah, that was uh, Markel Jordan, licensed, uh, licensed mental health therapist. If you like this episode, you know, like, subscribe, share. Um, this has been the Bell Wellness Experience, episode 15. We'll see you later.